1: Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode.
0: The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by Payoneer, a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer. With its fast, flexible, secure, and low-cost solutions. Businesses across the world can pay and get paid globally. Visit Payoneer.com now. Also by Chatbot PH. Save time and effort for your business. Automate how your team does customer service, marketing, and key redundant processes. All by using a chatbot. Invest in your own chatbot now and use AI to run your business. Go to www.chatbot.ph
2: In the growth discipline, it's always experimentation is like the heart of it. Mm-hmm. And if you would ask any marketer or founder, uh, you keep testing, keep experimenting, simple as that. And compound on whatever works.
0: Welcome to Hustle Share. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world. To show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now, here's your host, Ronster bae Pyong.
1: Welcome to Quickie number six of the Hustle Share podcast. My name is Ronster, and I'm your host. And this Quickie is powered by Payoneer, a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer, empowering businesses around the world to grow globally. But before we begin this quickie, I'd like to remind you that this is a not safe for work podcast. So make sure there are no kids around you when you're listening to this. Because today we're going to be talking to a Pinoy growth hacker based in Silicon Valley. And his name is Ping Rivero, growth hacker of Gabby. And unlike most episodes, we're going to do a deep dive right away on what growth hacking is and how different it is from marketing. And also, we're going to be talking a lot about metrics, about what things growth hackers care about, and the tools they use to get their campaigns and experiments done. But before we get into deep, Ping is also going to be sharing his journey coming from the Philippines all the way, and how hard it was for him when he immigrated to the States and the odd jobs he took just to make ends meet. He's also going to share with us the key skills that he learned working for startups here in the Philippines that allowed him to get the job that he wanted back in Silicon Valley. And lastly, be ready to take down notes because King is going to share a lot of tools and hacks that he uses to get his hustle done along with the new thing he's doing to help Filipino founders in AI and big data achieve the growth that they need. So if you're ready to learn the hustle of a Filipino growth hacker, let's begin this quickie right now. Welcome to the sixth quickie of the Hustle Share podcast. Today, we're going international again. This is becoming a trend, right? Last week, we, we, we had a, a, a really special girl in the Bay Area doing, doing her stuff, and now we have another one from the Bay Area. So San Francisco needs to pay us already. And today, we have Mr. Ping Rivero, and we're going to discuss the hustle of a Pinoy growth hacker. Ping, well, welcome, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right, so Ping, let's just go straight to the jugular, as always, mm-hmm. uh, like we always had in the show. Um, what's your hustle?
2: Uh, yeah, so um, basically, I'm a growth hacker based in the Bay Area. Boom. So currently, I'm I'm working as a growth lead for a insurtech startup called Gabby here in Gabby, San Francisco. It's not
1: Gabby, okay, it's not. Yeah, a... it's,
2: it's Gabby. <laughs> okay, yeah. so Gabby so...
1: like the. Like the gulai that we we yeah, have the, here. the gulai, yeah. Like makes sinigang yeah. really good. <laughs> That's it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, as a growth hacker, just shed up some light. This is one of the first things I, I, I thought of uh looking at your profile, right? Let's let's provide some depth into this because this is probably one of the most misinterpreted um terms especially in startups Mm -hmm. that that's being used because you have marketing and then people always like yeah i'm doing growth hacking but Mm -hmm. those are two different things can you just shed some light what a growth hacker does what and how 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 important is it from a startup's point of view
2: yeah sure so i guess like as a growth hacker like growth hacking is basically like a cross-functional role right so um i I, like for myself, I like I look at three areas. So mm-hmm. first, it's marketing. So basically, how how can we like you know distribute the product? How can we like um, let people know about the product? Right. And two is like also product side. So it's like some product management and engineering right. that comes with it because like um, you know you're gonna go through your product, um, identify like the user experience, where yep. like drop-offs, conversion landing rate, pages,
1: et whatever the fuck yeah. it is, right. Mm-hmm. And exactly. then lastly,
2: and lastly, is like, um, it's like th- it's it's all about data. So right. There's a, lot, there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot of like data analysis and data science that comes with it because um, each decision you make it's gonna be it's pretty important that you have them some data that to you know to back it with before you like you know make your decisions and execute your strategies. Absolutely. and
1: this is where metrics come to to, to come to like uh, the very core because as um, as any kind of episode I always ask about the metrics. But in growth mm-hmm. hacking, growth hacking is always about the metrics. And there's uh, just from what I know, right? From early a uh, little bit of growth hacking mm-hmm. that I did uh, as a one man founder for a long time uh, when I was doing it. Yeah. There's two types of metrics that that, that that startups use, and and people often mistake one for the other. First one is mm-hmm. vanity metrics. These are the oh. metrics that make you feel good, but doesn't do shit for your business. And yeah. then um, there is. Uh, the actionable metrics. These are the metrics that actually impact you. And out, out of the mm-hmm. actionable metrics, I, the one thing that I, that really I care about is my OMTM, which is the one metric that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, is that s- fair to say that this this is re- probably the core of what growth hacking would always be?
2: Um, yeah, I think it's a pretty pretty valid um, metric because. Mm-hmm. I've Another term for the OMTM is basically the North Star metric because um North Star. North Star, yeah, North Star is basically like the the metric that the, the whole team is optimizing right. for in order to like, you know, um, escalate your growth. Yeah, when so, shit
1: hits the it, fan, that's the only thing you look at technically. Yeah, so it basically aligns the whole team. Sounds good. So North Star metric. I'll take note of that and put that in the show notes. Now, Okay, let's let's take a back step here, take a step back like a James Harden move, real quick, and then um, let's let's talk about your journey real quick, uh, Ping. Because mm-hmm. you know I'm looking at your your journey here, and then you were born and raised, and even attended university in the Philippines, right? Can you talk about yeah. that and how how that honed you into being in tech?
2: Yeah, sure. So I guess first I, I came from a science high school, okay. so I was very. Um, I was very inclined with like a lot of math and science. Right. And eventually my my parents forced me to take a um IT degree. Yeah. <laughs> so I took
1: it. Uh, so People, I, uh, you, look, you like the computer. You you, you do IT there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, um I took it I took up information systems in La Right. So uh Animal? sorry, La for for my fellow Lazians, La There you go. And <laughs>
1: Let's saw bro, that's it, bro, chong, bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> so
2: Just yeah, kidding. that's where i kinda that's where I kinda got like my engineering and you know um software business background, mm-hmm. and eventually that kinda you know that kind of made made my journey into you know being involved in tech, got it, and then after school. You did Idea Space, which is like
1: right straight in And gently. Now you're working with Earl uh, yeah. hand in hand, which is fucking weird. Probably is like, oh shit, I just interned intern for this guy, and now I'm working with yeah. you, right? So it's probably that that's still it's still surreal at, at some point. Just trying to empathize with you. But what did you do in Idea Space, and how did that impact you further
2: into being in tech? Yeah, sure. So actually, uh, I did Idea Space prior to graduating. So oh, wow. I did my. Yeah, I did my, um, so this was like a required um, internship for right. for us mm-hmm. in college, so um, reason why I took IdeaSpace was that I was really inter- interested in startups, like, even though I was in second year college. Wow. And, like, I-, I took a different route because, so, like, my classmates went to HP or, like, Accenture. Got it. And I decided to um, go to IdeaSpace. Mm-hmm. And yeah when when I was in the idea space I took the interviews um I just got really hooked basically because right. um you know I love what they're doing they're helping like startups grow um i like i like seeing the founders like working and right. hustling, the environment was just mm-hmm. like you know it got me hooked got and it. that really you know that really got that also got me got myself you know got my hands dirty into Correct. like um doing doing startups so what did you yes, do exactly there?
1: And then, how did what are what's that indelible mark that that they left you with uh, when after your internship? Mm-hmm. So, mainly I
2: did their website. So,
1: oh, there you go. Yeah, Other hand, web- Earl, they- you got free website from interns. <laughs>
2: what the, pack? Just so, yeah, the, the website um, that I made was it's actually it's, they're still using it now. Oh, it's wow. True.
1: Okay, credit where credit <laughs> is due. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I'm kind of proud of it because uh, it's just like you know it's a wee, it's just like a drag and drop website. But hey, yeah, but if um, they're
1: still using it. There, it must be yeah, working, right?
2: Yeah. So yeah, after like so after the internship, I also uh, volunteered for their boot camp for their oh, startups, yes, and yes. I, I learned a ton from their mentors. Like the core um,
1: of of what they do, because I mean they do that for probably I know a good half a year to boot to yeah. bump that up. And then boost it up. And then after that, you shortlist and all that. Walk us through what you learned there.
2: Yeah, for sure. So in the boot camp, so I actually, like, a lot of different things. So first, like, um, user experience design. So, mm. like, Phil Smithson was there. Yes, uh, on was, off like, group. What up? Shout yeah, out. Yeah, on off group. Yep. So I learned about, like, how do you do your re- user research? How do you, like, understand what are the pain points and motivations of your users? And how we can, like, translate this to, like, product specs. Got it. So, Another one was, um, I think it was from Georgie Azurin.
1: Yes, like, my, my startup father, right? So
2: the reason <laughs> oh, yeah. why I'm
1: doing this, let me just do a caveat real quick, sidestep here too. Georgie, when he helped me out, when I, he's, I didn't know anything about the internet. And I, I, he was talking in USC. I needed to come up with a, with a thesis. And yeah. I was like, during his talk, I thought of a website to get people on the guest list of clubs. I did not know how to do shit because the only thing I did in, in, in the computer before was porn, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Grand Theft Auto, and all these other silly, stupid internet stuff that I do. So I asked him, like, hey, can you help me out? I have this idea. And it's mm-hmm. funny because the first thing he told me was... Ron, I don't know what you're up to, but if you make it successful, don't pay me back paid it for it. And that's why Hustle Share is here. Mm-hmm. It's my way of trying awesome. to pay it for it. So anyway, what did you learn from Sir Joji? I call him Sir Joji.
2: Um, I think uh, from what I remember it's like um, the validation part, yes. like doing the javelin board and like how ah, to you know sure. how to craft your MVP basically. Yes. And I think he also meant he told us a story about his um, startup called Horsepower. Yes. So that was really, really inspiring about like how, how hacky they were and like mm-hmm. executing their whole operation. So exactly. Yeah. All right. Now
1: after that, now you got, you're you're entrenched with all these things, right? And you did freelancing. What did you do first? And why didn't you join a startup? Because I've seen a lot of people. Okay, you get, you get the hang of it. Yeah. You get obsessed. They eventually fall into an awesome team. But why freelancing as a first gig?
2: So actually that's pretty interesting. So after graduating, mm-hmm. um it was already like um determined that I'm gonna be migrating to the US. So I oh. couldn't apply for yeah, I couldn't apply for any full time job. So Got it. you know, uh, only way to make money is like, you know, freelancing. So I did like, you know, WordPress websites. Got it. Um did some like, you know, logos, creatives right, and right. stuff. Mm-hmm. It pays well. Business. I
1: mean, it does, especially for that type of skill set. It does, because Espe- you earn yeah. dollars, you spend in peso, right? That's always yeah. uh, that's what. It, especially if you, you know, the the, the project you get is pretty. Um, I mean, yeah. I was a freelancer too for a good while. Again, uh, the the reason I got paid was through Pioneer. Shout out Pioneer, my sponsor, <laughs> <laughs> so that I had to squeeze at it. But you know, that's it's it's a good thing. But when you did mm-hmm. eventually move into the states, how was that experience and? Was there a culture shock? Because you're coming in, you know how talented you are, but it's a totally Mm -hmm. different beast. And you went to fucking Silicon Valley of all places, which is fucking like the mecca of tech talent. How was that experience for you?
2: So to be straightforward, it was really fucking hard. Yes. (laughs) So walk us through how
1: fucking hard was it?
2: So basically, uh, it was really hard to find a job. So I was a 21-year-old zero-experience IT yep. grad, mm-hmm. and basically I was competing with you know these Ivy League um, applicants for mm-hmm. these you know tech jobs. Mm-hmm. And it took around like a month. I actually did like odd jobs as well at the same time, just to like you know like what? Um, stay in, like I worked at the post office. I was. Really, I was 13 males. Wow, Um, Wow. I work work as like an assistant in a laundromat and stuff. Wow, so that's really hustle right there. And did that hurt your ego at one point? Because you're coming in like,
1: all right, if I was in the Philippines, I'd be having this shit, and then now I'm in the fucking (laughs) laundromat and what? Which there's nothing wrong with, by the way. Yeah. But you know, there's expectations versus reality kind of thing going on there.
2: Yeah, it, it actually did hurt, and. Yeah, after like almost a year, I kind of like realized that I'm, I'm. I think I'm wasting my time. I think I need to be like doing something. Got it. So that's that's why I decided to go back to the Philippines to like uh. you know kind of realistic. Like, uh, I think I need to take a step backward to move forward. So there that's that's kind of like the mindset that okay. that I kind of realized.
1: All right. So when you came back, uh, what did you do? So you didn't really get the tech job at first, right? You mm-hmm. you were you tried for a good year. Um, you know, just got the burritos from San Francisco, which is fucking good, by the way. And probably Mm -hmm. I'm surprised you didn't go the luchador way because there's a lot of luchador Mm -hmm. hats and whatnot. But when you came back, um, how was that mindset like? Given that, all right, um, life kind of found a way to humble you and uh, show you the real reality. You know, especially from a Silicon Valley Mm -hmm. perspective. What type of gig did you end up in, and what type of uh, hustle did you put into that next gig that you did?
2: Yes, yeah, so when I went back to the Philippines, I was like really really like motivated to begin. So okay. prior to, Like a few weeks before my flight I emailed um, in, um, EJ and Ginger Arboleta, yes, poops.
0: Yeah, What up? Shout, shout, out, to shout out to them.
2: Yep And yeah, actually how I met them was during my internship at Ideaspace So okay. they were part of the cohort when I was an intern uh-huh. and I really like their product. I really like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I randomly like sent them like a cover letter about, oh, oh I want to do an internship. Go. I really believe in your product. Right. And then yeah, after a week, they send me an email. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a there's an opening for a growth manager position. Wow. Um, at Sumo. So that kind of really started me into the whole growth um, growth it. journey. And what did you do in Taxumo?
1: Because you're now growth, doing growth and coming in from a dev point of view, or you're 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 yeah. you speak in code. How was that adjustment given that, you know, now you put in a marketing hat, which is very different. You know, I mean yeah. it's great that you have UX experience. You have you have all these javelin board experience, which eventually is growth hacking by the way anyway, but it's mm-hmm. a small scale. But as you scale up, it's a totally different ballgame. What did you do in Taksuma and how did you get because they have crazy traction, these guys. Yeah. And, and how did you help them get that?
2: Yeah, sure. So, yeah, there's actually that transition from being a coder to marketer. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess first thing is that it was pretty helpful that I sort of had a business background from my degree. There you go. And um, in a way, like, all the EJ, Evan, and Ginger really helped me through my journeys through my transition. So, Mm -hmm. uh, for example, Ginger taught me how to, like, you know, do Facebook advertising, how to, like, do Creative messaging. Right. Um, EJ taught me how to be analytical. How, how do you look at the data? How mm-hmm. to be, you know, get insight from it? Mm-hmm. Um, Evan really taught me how to like you know do creative writing. Like for example, right. how we write our emails. How do we like send like the right, right message and create our brand? Right. And they have street cred
1: prior to this because they also have Manila workshops. As You know, this yeah. Taksumo was just a culmination of all their hustles combined, right? Like mm-hmm. fucking Voltron, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know which one was which, but basically they just fucking you know, like mashed that on together. But when mm-hmm. you did that, now your growth manager, when it was time for you to step up, mm-hmm. well, what was it like? And what are the tools that you started using to, to you know, up the ante from what they taught you?
2: Yeah, sure. So basically, first I did a lot of online marketing, digital marketing. Okay. So that would that really drove our acquisition. So to get um, a lot of users. Was it a lot of social media or search? Yeah, uh, social media okay. mainly. Got it. So th- that's where like all the Facebook advertising lessons I got from Ginger came to work. Got it. So I did a lot of testing on different creatives, how mm-hmm. to like craft new messages and um, to get like you know the best campaign to you know get, get, get more users. Got it. Um. Um, I'm also the guy who's always at the events like Tectonic. Ah, um, there you go. Slingshot. Uh, Shout out, so right? All those events, I'm the I'm one of the guys that you know always talks to people. Oh, there this is go. Taksumo. This is how it works. <laughs> nice. No, yeah. you have to go go do
1: because if you're just behind the scenes and you're not getting your feet wet down, in 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 there then. It's useless. But real quick, uh, Ping, let's take a break. And when we come back, let's mm-hmm. talk more about the, your journey and how eventually you're trying to pay that forward towards the yeah. end through Cognitive Labs. But more of that after the break.
2: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring.
1: At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about... That SaaS Challenge. and good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact Twenty Four. And we're back from the break. We're still with Ping Rivero after that weird fuck up on the internet. <laughs> Where we're yeah, it was just really right on time before we we we, we everything just went weird. But, Ping, before we ended, I mean, we, we, we took the break, right? You mentioned that, you know, uh, prior to coming in, you, you it's a totally different ball game in Taksumo. What were the things you learned and how hard was it leaving Taksumo? Because your first OG gig will, will leave an indelible mark on you, whether it's a good experience and or it's a bad experience. But I assume this was a really good experience for you. How hard was that and what are the things you learned uh, with the Taksumo, after you left,
2: uh, yeah. Oh. So I really love my job at Taksumo, and it was one of the most difficult decisions to make right. um, to leave. Uh-huh. Um, I think the one of the uh, one of the main things that I really much pretty much learned is um, as a growth hacker. Uh, first was to um, experiment with intention. Right. So. Uh, To expand on that, so I think, like in the growth discipline, it's always experimentation is like the heart of it. Mm. And if you would ask any marketer or founder, uh, you keep testing, keep experimenting, simple Mm. as that, and compound on whatever works. Mm. Um, However, like a common mistake, I guess, for people tend to like. Tend to make, especially like I, mi- I made it myself. Like I made the, that mistake a bunch of times, was to like brainstorm and like come a bunch of ideas without actually assessing like does this does this experiment make sense for us? Right, right. So, like for example, give just a quick samples. Like um, if you read these like case studies on yeah. growth hacks, say mm-hmm. uh, you, say you're a startup with a good amount of traction and mm-hmm. you're using like channels X, Y, Z, and obviously you want to like scale up further. And um, you saw like affiliate marketing was you know done by like say example Uber to like mm-hmm. grow their company, mm-hmm. and eventually oh let's try it. let's try affiliate marketing because you know Uber like um, grow like two x when they did but that was Uber marketing. right but yeah it's just like hypo- hypothetical but yeah right. um, I guess like he, these things like this gets you excited like oh let's try this out and like you know we can probably get a lot of users mm-hmm. but eventually it fails got it so um, I guess just like the key points here is basically like be intentional about your experiments and always think about product or um, channel market fit Um, channel market fit so what is
1: channel market fit how do you define that you have channel market
2: fit Yeah, channel market fit is basically like um, if this like like I guess like growth channel or marketing channel really Mm. fits your business got it so like, For example, if in Gabby we're insured, uh, we're insuring a startup, right. but it makes sense to like throw ads on Pinterest, you know. Yes. So, so that's like you really have to like have a you know a buffer and you know re- really need to take um some time to assess if this is actually making sense to your business if it you know would actually contribute to your growth, absolutely.
1: And I totally agree with that because especially in um my first startup, party file, right? Um, that was a b2c product actually it was a b2b 2 c because i had to um it's i had to match the demand of people going to clubs and i had to get enough people the problem was i was so heavy on acquisition that it was a leaky bucket meaning i acquired so many mm-hmm. but i lost probably 80 90% of them which is hard it's similar to dating like you know how dating apps it's they're they're kind of fucked because the end game that they want people to have is to be in a relationship. But when they do end in a relationship, mm-hmm. that means that you're gonna lose you uh, lose users. Same way with nightlife, right? When you yeah. people get, get get into the club and then they get they become regular party goers, they'll meet someone in the club that they won't need your app anymore. Right? So it's always that. And then the ch- the channel that you said, channel market fit, that's not a holy grail kind of thing too because. If you if something works now and you fucking double down, eventually Mm that's gonna die. You're gonna have to find another way to Mm -hmm. another stream to to get people from. But if you do get the holy grail channel, I call it the holy grail channel. Like for example, in chatbot, our holy grail channel till now is search. Nothing beats that because I bought the Mm. right domain, right? Because that you know, dude, you're gonna have to pay a lot of SEM just to beat us there. But if you're competing like in 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 a in a in a crowded marketplace where, where it's like social, where everybody's trying to compete for attention, then it's hard to stand out. That's the question I have. How do you stand mm-hmm. out and target the right people and convert them? Because the last thing you want to do is do a shotgun approach, s- posting ads yeah. and content to people that won't convert uh, and whatnot. But for you, how do you identify them similar to like how I, we watched the growth hack I mean the the great hack in fucking Netflix right they were yeah. very intentional they, they they identified each type of voter type and they showed the right content for you how do you how do you think that matters and how do you make that uh, work
2: yeah sure so I think three main things I usually look at to you know um, how do I target the right audiences first um, you you like, look at your data. Mm. So basically, study the behavior of your users. Um, how do they interact with your product? Or um, right. what are the pain points and motivations that you can use in your, you know, let's say your messaging or like your, your, um, your call to action and stuff. Right. Um, number two is um, dive into customer, um, like customer service. Yep. So in Taksum, I actually I was actually one of the persons like you know answering support tickets and stuff yep. on intercom. Mm-hmm. And that, that really gave me, like, a lot of learning on, like, oh, what, does, what, what does our user really need True. or what, what, what resonates with them. Okay. So that was very integral in, like, you know, our, our overall um, branding and messaging mm-hmm. for our campaigns.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And another one is um, user research, basically. So both qualitative, like, doing interviews with your actual users and quantitative mm-hmm. So that comes in with like, you know, using different tools like um, Google Analytics and Amplitude. So that, those give you like a lot of insights and eventually, you know, um, creates a lot, a lot of learnings so that you can execute on. Absolutely.
1: Now, okay, uh, last few uh, questions here in terms of what it is. So you then went back. To, to the U.S. Now, when you came back, how mm-hmm. was the swag like? So, it's like, you got your feet wet. You got some stripes under you. How were you now able to get the gig that you wanted to,
2: to get it done? So, to be honest, it wasn't easy as well. <laughs> so, okay, so um, how? But some it was different. experience. Okay.
1: Uh huh.
2: Yeah. So, I guess um, my experience with Taksumo gave gave me really, like a lot of confidence. But I guess like in the job search, it's still pretty hard. Mm-hmm. So. The journey was still like I, I had like I can say like I had a like a typical immigrant journey where like I really start from zero zero mm-hmm. network zero zero job prospects, and um you know very little money right so while I was like searching for my job I was like doing odd jobs as well like I was cutting fish at a grocery store right I was an instacart shopper right, and eventually yeah um I got the opportunity for for a marketing position um, for a for a sports e commerce store called wow. Fanatics. Fanatics. So, this is
1: not the rap group, right? Because yeah. there's Fanatics. There's like, what? Well, no, no, no. This is <laughs> Fanatics Inc. No. Okay. So, what being yeah. a, in marketing and you now know how to kind of do that already. How, what did you do there?
2: Yeah. So my role there was more like um, very specific. So um, we still work in marketing, focused on display. Mm-hmm. So if you go to any website, if you can see like those images like bouncing around the bouncing around the website, right. those are like the ads that I was trying to run. Right. So, I would um, basically we were very um, very focused on ROI mm-hmm. and like trying to get a lot of revenue mm-hmm. from our store. So I remember th- the biggest campaign that I ran was when LeBron James was LeBron James uh, decided to go to the Lakers. Oh wow! Yeah, that's money right <laughs> yeah. there. That's money, right? Yeah. So. Uh, what I actually did there was um, I know like he has like four teams in mind like the Rockets or uh, like Sixers right. so I just like created four campaigns in preparation right. and then he like made the decision okay turn on Boom. and then okay. the sales just like kept coming in and like exactly. ROI was like uh, like two hundred percent you made so bank just, just because of the, Le- pretty- the
1: LeBron effect yeah <laughs> was in full swing <laughs> yeah LeBron. Okay, sounds good. Now, let's talk about mm-hmm. Gabby now. How did you get this Gabby opportunity and what do you do there being now fully in growth? Because, you know, again, a little sidestep here. I kept doing sidesteps like I'm Kumpo now. But um, uh, mm-hmm. growth hacking, the way I understand it, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, the, 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 the mm-hmm. thing that separates a marketer from a growth hacker. Is a marketer only cares about the top of the funnel? When you say the top of the funnel, right? I like using Dave McClure's metrics, the Pirate Metrics, A A R R R, right? The mm-hmm. R metrics: so acquisition, activation, retention, yeah. referral, revenue, or whatever the R's you want to be depends on what your business model is. Most marketers that I know only care about the first two A's: acquisition and activation. They don't give a shit what happens down downstream. In the funnel but a growth hacker mm-hmm. cares about each level because that's you coming yeah. in from it that's just like what mika said in this in her episode you know the old, the metric that the that they care about in linkedin though she's at the top of the funnel is the one at the bottom is that fair to say and what 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 did you now apply that for in in gabby yes
2: yeah, so i guess like as a growth hacker in gabby i look at Instead of like just looking at the two top files like awareness and acquisition, right. I look at all of the steps. Correct. So first, like I would I would like you know study our marketing campaigns and how mm-hmm. we can like acquire users at the um the lowest rate or like the, the most efficient way. Right. And then I'll look I'll dig into the product and look at oh um at each step I'll look I'll I'll identify where where are where, where the users are dropping off and how we can like you know run experiments like ab tests and multivariate tests on yes. you know to improve the conversion rate until they until they reach the um to the end of the the funnel got it so yeah th- i think that pretty much encompasses the whole role of a growth hacker It's got like it. you you really tackle the whole funnel all right
1: now last few questions for, for tips in terms of if you if if a marketer wants to be a full-grown growth hacker Uh, what would be your advice for Mm -hmm. those people that want to tackle this on uh, or is there some reading that they need to do what work for you and how would you teach them to grow
2: into this Mm -hmm. yes so I guess two main things first is learn how learn product management and engineering because Mm -hmm. Um, to be a full-growth hacker, you'll 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 really be digging on the product, and so you'll be working with product managers and engineering teams. So it's important to know like their lingo's or you know how they work. Like mm-hmm. you know, um, they do sprints weekly, they do, they do deployments weekly, and you know, study up on user experience as well. Mm-hmm. So you know how to analyze the product, how you can improve conversion rate. Really. Um, now, another one was the biggest lesson that I, I kind of learn here as well, is to, um, learn statistics, basically, because mm-hmm. this is, uh, growth hacking is a pretty number driven game. Mm-hmm. Like other than like looking at, like, for example, the rate of change of this and to this, right? you really need to, need to learn like statistical significance, um, how to do correlation analysis, like regression models. Right. So those are very important, um, concepts that you need to learn up, learn. And then, um, it's, it's going to be really, um, Beneficial when you're when you're doing growth hacking.
1: Are there any online tools that you'd recommend for them to start that to help you out when you are doing this? Because I mean, there's no course for this. This all of this is self taught. Uh, what were those that work for you, and how how, how can they check that out?
2: Yeah. So um, basically, my main tool is YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> I, I, I YouTube. A lot of. Well, you have to be deliberate um, over what hacking. you. Yeah. So. Right. So one YouTube channel that I recommend is called Measure School. So, that that channel really helped me in like how to do um, the data driven way of digital marketing. So that's his like tagline. Um, basically, all the technicalities of how to do marketing is pretty much in there. It's a good source. Measure um, School. So right. Another website. Yeah. Another website is by a venture capitalist um, named Tom Tungus. T u n g u z.
1: We'll have all so, of these in the show notes, by the way. So if you if you don't very, get that, uh, we'll we'll put that into the show notes, uh, so you can check it out with the links.
2: Yeah. So yeah, some some guests really helped me like understanding the whole numbers game, like mm-hmm. which metrics to focus on, um, how do these metrics um, like allow you to get insights from premier premier um, from your strategies and campaigns, and yeah, that's a really good source. Like if you really want to learn how to um, crunching
1: numbers. All right, sounds good. Now let's talk about the whole hustle. Now, why the why we're also doing this? Cognity Labs. Given that you have an experience here, and now, b- before we delve into that, how's the experience now that you were used to intern for Earl Valencia, the president of the Idea Space, and how how did this come to come about? How did you guys form form this thing?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. So actually during my internship that's when Earl left for New York. So oh, this wow. is this is um, Your first when time. I moved to, this is the place where we just like really got yeah, get officially acquainted. Mm-hmm. Um Cognic Labs came about when um there was an event in the Philippine consulate talking about um AI. Right. Um how it will will affect the Philippines. Yes. So Ralph Regalado was there from Fenty. Right. And pretty much Earl just like, you know, he became this very um, innovative guy. Like, I think we need to start something that you know that's really focused on AI. Right. So that's how Cognitive, the idea for Cognitive Labs came about. Right. And yeah, it initially started to be like uh, an internship incubator, mm-hmm. where like interns would build the products. Right. But eventually, we pivoted to pivoted pivoted to like a startup incubator focused on AI and data-enabled startups. So I'm very curious. Uh, because uh, main, so I told The main
1: goal here was to really like. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I was uh, I was talking to Earl a, a few days yeah. ago. I was like, hey, we're I'm in AI. That's my main hustle. I'm in Chatbot PH. If I'm a AI driven mm-hmm. or AI startup from the Philippines, right? Um, what's in it for me? And what's what what do people get in exchange? Or is there a catch? Uh, can you talk about that? And what people or AI startups like like us, Chatbot PH, can get um, from Cognity?
2: Yeah, sure. So I guess the main thing is, like, really bridging um, what we have here in Silicon Valley to the Philippine-based startups. So um, we have a lot... We recruited a lot of mentors that are based here, like, from big big companies that really got into, you know, the data and AI um, space. Like, we have someone from Amazon. We have someone from Spotify.
1: Wow. um, That can
2: help these startups um, with their needs to, like, really grow their, um, their companies. Got it. And we'll have, like... And our program is pretty execution focused. Yeah. So um, we'll, we'll have them in three main things like biz dev, product management and growth. Okay. Because we when we like when we brainstorm these are like I think the three main things that can help mm-hmm. these startups to really, you know, go to the next level. Sounds good. So what do they
1: do and is there a catch? Do you what do you get in, in exchange for this? Because, you know, not everybody's gonna get in. We kinda delved in, not everybody's gonna get in. But yeah. what are you looking for specifically and what are uh, what's cognitive labs going to get
2: yeah so to be transparent um what we're asking for in cognitive labs is the companies will commit like 3% of their company okay. so those those sure. 3 that 3%, 3% is broken down by um 1. 5 is basically divided to the the whole management team right um and another one percent is divided to also be the, the mentors that will be helping them because essentially they're they're gonna be part in the game team. that's the skin in the and, game kind of thing there yeah all right all right sounds mm-hmm. good and last thing is that since we're 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 very um supportive of like anything uh, anything in, that has initiatives related to science and engineering so mm-hmm. part of that will also go to like a non-profit that's focused on you know um improving stem or like science engineering in the philippines all
1: right, sounds good. So, um, Ping, please invite over people to, again, you, there's still time for them to join this. Uh, so, you know, it's, it won't hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the beauty about it is that you, you, this is a wide network from Silicon Valley itself, not the fucking TV show, mm-hmm. the OG Silicon Valley. <laughs> um, how, do, how do they join and what do they need to do? Yeah, so it's
2: pretty easy. So you just go to www.pognitylabs.com yep. and there's like a forum there. Only t- takes like three to five minutes to fill up, so um, yeah, i um, just submit your applications, and we'll, we look forward to like um, seeing your crazy idea. There you go. All right, again,
1: it's AI is a feature. I totally agree with Ping, and um, I mean I'm also in the same space, and there's more than enough space for a lot of players because if we don't do it for the for the Philippines too, we're gonna gonna be the hardest hit across the world. Because our our, our 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 one of our main uh, sectors is BPO and if we don't transform mm-hmm. into something AI focused, we're gonna be fucking fucked. So just to, mm-hmm. just to say. So we need to start now and help help our countrymen across the world to be able to prepare for this. Again, Bing, thank you very much for having uh, this this quickie with us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. Thank you, sir. And I'll see you guys in the next quickie. Peace. has to be covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes, all the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit payroll starter monthly 5 k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions, for liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey, hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UNOBoost.